Hey everybody, Rick Roberts here. I've got a great podcast for you today. I wanted to take a few seconds and thank everybody out there for all the new listeners we've got. I don't know if you guys are spreading the word as you're hitting the clubs and hitting the open mics, but please do that. I've noticed a huge spike in downloads lately, and that means people are finding us for the first time and downloading big chunks. I had a nice Facebook message the other day from a gal in Charlotte. I'm hoping she's listening to this one. Thank you for the nice review and for downloading our episodes and catching up and sending us that little word of encouragement. I'm glad you guys are finding it. Please spread the word about the podcast. Um, If you're looking to kick up your comedy in the new year, right now is a great time to start making some plans on how you're going to do that. I feel like I sometimes don't uh, acknowledge the fact that I have an online class enough, so I'm going to kind of make sure everybody knows throughout December all about that class. Uh, About a year ago, I put an online class on for writing comedy, and it takes you step-by-step all the way through joke structure to using techniques, all the different approaches comics use to create a joke and to make sure it's solid. Over 34 video lessons in that. There's a workbook over 115 pages that you can download and take with you when you're offline to help you keep writing and keep getting better. Uh, Lots of sections on editing, how to turn a story into a joke, all kinds of great stuff there. And I really want to make this easy for you guys to get if you feel you need some help with your comedy. And listen, as I did the course myself, I learned a few things and tweaked some of my jokes. So I don't think it's ever too late to do that. Uh, There's three different versions of the course. There's a silver where you kind of download everything. You go through it yourself. And we don't interact a whole lot. You just kind of do it at your own pace. That suits most people pretty well. There's also a gold edition where you do a lot of the homework assignments that are in there. And then you send those to me. And I not only kind of look them over, but I give you tips on how you can make those jokes that you wrote with the homework even stronger. I kind of like that because it holds both of us accountable. And I've seen great results from students who have taken that approach and taken the gold package and and ran with it. There's also a diamond level where not only do you send me the work, I give you feedback. We also talk on the phone. I can look at some of your videos online and give you some feedback and pretty much be your go-to question and answer guy for the entire uh, time of that diamond package, which is a year long. So different packages for different people. Silver edition is $97.77. The gold is $237.77. And the diamond is $377.77. And why all the sevens? Sevens are lucky, and I'm lucky to have you guys as listeners. How cheesy is that? But it's true. You guys are doing great, and you're leaving us these good good podcast reviews on iTunes. Let me read one of those before we get into the podcast, and then I'll step away and let you guys listen in. Uh, This one is from Master Blaster 20 Wet. That's a big, big title right there, Master Blaster 20 Wet. It's a five-star review. It says, crowd work. I was on my way to a gig and knew I had to do some crowd work, which is a weak point of mine. Your by round of applause line really helped me get them on my side. Also, I'm definitely going to keep in mind what you said about choosing people in the back and taking more calculated risk when choosing audience participation members. Thank you very much, Andrew Steiner, comedian SteinerAndrew.com, if you want to check him out. Thank you very much, Andrew, for that five-star review. Uh, If you guys have time, please jump in and leave us an iTunes review. Again, trying to hit 100 before the end of 2015. Need your help to get there. All right. If you want to take any of those online classes that I just mentioned, I do have a coupon code out there right now. It's ColdCash20, and you can take 20% off of any of those classes when you enter that coupon code at checkout. To find out more about that online class and everything that we do here at School of Laughs, visit schooloflaughs.com and take advantage of the information on there. There's a lot of free blogs and other things as well. All right, I'm going to step back, enjoy today's episode, and I'll talk to you next time. Welcome to the School of Laughs podcast. Brought to you by SchoolofLaughs.com. Whether you're an aspiring comedian, a part-time pro, or a speaker who wants to become funnier, 
this is the podcast for you. We'll break down tools, tips, and techniques to help you get bigger, better, and more bookable. And now, here's the show. Welcome back to the School of Last podcast. This is Rick Roberts, and today I'm at the home. Thank you for inviting me into your home, Gary, with Gary Jenkins. For those of you that don't know Gary, Gary is a Nashville-based performer. He does a million different things, kind of all branching out from comedy and music. And we're going to talk to him today just about some of the different paths that comedy can take you and about how he approaches different people that come forward with these different specific requests that he's able to accommodate. And sometimes, I'm sure, has taken things and thought, how's this going to work, and found a way to make it work. So we'll get to that in a minute. But Gary, how's it going, buddy? Man, it's good. Good to see you, brother. Good to see Thanks you. Thanks for coming by. So, Gary, when I first moved yeah. to Nashville, which would have been uh, the year 2000, wow. right in there. Man, that's not that long ago, it, it seems It wasn't like. that long ago, but I look back the other day, yeah. I'm like, 15 years. This is the longest sure. I've been seems in like one place since man. I was a kid. I know. When I hit 18 years here, it'll be the longest place I've ever lived. It's crazy. Crazy. But when I first moved here, man, my, my primary focus was uh, kind of shifting into corporate work and different things, and I was right. working at the comedy club still quite a bit. And your name kept popping up all the time. Uh, I would go do a gig and some, you know, that I'm like, how'd you hear about me? Like, well, last year we had a comedian, went pretty good. We thought we'd try another one. I'm like, who'd you have? Gary Jenkins. Well, I'll be. Then the next gig I went to, You're hey, uh, <laughs> we tried to get Gary Jenkins. He's already booked, so we oh, got you. Man. And it was like, who is this Gary Jenkins dude? And this was kind of right before websites were super yeah. high profile, but uh-huh. I, I searched you and found you on there. And I'm like, this guy, we have got a lot in common. We're like brothers from another mother. Yep, true. And <laughs> so, well, and you're probably thinking, you're thinking, this guy has no web presence. <laughs> oh, at that time, anybody who oh, yeah. had an email, I was blown away. Yes. No, yeah. but in fact, you were even helpful in helping me get my website up. Really? The same, oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah. through your same yeah. web designer yeah. and host, which has been God. great ever since. Man, that still seems just like yesterday, but that's been a few years. It's you been know? a while. And you, yeah. do you know when we first met? Do you think you might know? Do you remember? I don't know if it's the first, but I... The time I remember the the most is it was at the bar yeah, car yeah. coming station. I do remember that. Yeah. And I'd pop down that night. Yeah. I had like a hundred jokes I wanted to try out yeah. or something ridiculous. Yeah. Do you remember that? I remember meeting you then. Yep. And I and yeah. I, I ran through it and you're like, Hey man, my name's Gary Jenkins. Yeah. I'm like, Gary, that's yeah. that's who you are and what you yeah. look like. Yeah. And yep. Yeah. I remember that, man. That's um gosh, time is just flying, man. That was a long time ago that it, place was there. It it is. It was. It was a long time ago. Uh I can remember going down there. Um, I've always meant to go and do those local, as you and I have discussed a million times, those local comedy things more. And I just, uh, I don't do it enough. I need to go and do that more. You well, know, it's good to, you know, when you've got an intention for the night, yep. some new jokes or right. rework something, mm-hmm. definitely. But as you get older and you get more entrenched in the way you are, plus yep. you're gigging quite a bit. So it's yep. kind of, tough to think i'm gonna take my off night and go do this again it is and 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 it's tough too as i think you and i've discussed when you're trying to do the corporate market um it's hard to try material out in those rooms sometimes it can be yeah it can be nothing against those rooms or in those great we have such a great local scene here now but it's you know it gets so crazy in there that it's hard to uh it's hard to do material that might work at like a banking convention. You right, know? right. It's uh, it's but it's it's cool. And in a perfect world, I would I would be doing that, going out more. And we need to do that. We need to make each other do that. Well, you know, let's say once every two months, me yep. and you both show up at some place. Oh yeah. And uh, I watch your set. You watch mine. Yep. And we give some ideas oh, at, at the man, end. If I, we did that six times a year, Gary, 
You think we would get at least 10 minutes out of it? I guarantee you, if I did a, a tenth of what you do in any way, Rick, I would, I would improve. I, I, I agree, but, but no, I, you know, I mean, mutual admiration society, but man, I, before we turned the mics on here, I was bragging on Rick and when all you're getting done, man, it's just amazing. I mean, I need to get out and do all kinds of other stuff, man. But, well, you're doing it. Well, and thanks for that. But you're also, yeah. um, I mean, there's Thanks, not a, a week that goes by where I don't see a couple of gigs you're yeah. out there doing. Take me back to, I want our people to know you a little bit, right. and, and I know some other people that worked at Opryland Theme Park uh-huh. way back, and that's, that was one of the reasons when I moved here, I was so excited because there'd be Opryland right down uh-huh. the road, and I could uh-huh. go there, and also Primetime Country was still around at that oh, time, and I thought I maybe I'll get a little gig warming up the crowds yeah. or doing something like right. that. And then both of those things disappeared Crazy, in the first man. year that I moved here. Crazy. I guess it was either 2000, I guess it was about 2000 when mm-hmm. those things disappeared. But you were working music only at the Opryland, or was that your first gig? Or man. take me back to when you picked up the guitar? <clears throat> Let me back up, yeah. I mean, like um, the short story, and I'm working on making my story shorter. Um, but, but, but when I was a kid, I was just fascinated with music, and I can remember being like six, seven years old, earliest memories, wanting to play music and be involved in entertainment. That was I was just I was fascinated with. I've got pictures in there of me just being a little kid, you know, running around with the guitar. But I started memorizing songs when I was in third grade. And the way I started to learn to play music, and I've, I've come to know this is kind of unusual. A lot of people learn to play, but you know, they may have played for decades, but they can't play entire songs. I started memorizing entire songs, and when I was in third grade, <clears throat> excuse me, and um, taking ukulele lessons because I was a little guy who couldn't play a guitar. It wasn't big enough, and I lost interest in it for a little while, but then I picked it back up around sixth or seventh grade and just started, you know, playing guitar, and um, and, and, and I created, started creating this notebook of cover tunes, and still have it, and, and, and would imagine these scenarios where I had to play the song from beginning to end, much like a kid might, you know, playing basketball, can I do it, you know, right. like with the clock ticking down, <clears throat> and um, I, I, I started playing some piano, and uh and um, I wanted to be involved in, in music at school. But, you know, growing up in the South like you did and I did, I just, I don't know, man. You just, I, I regret that. And I wish I had played in high school band and, and learned to, to sing parts. And but, but, but at my school, that was the equivalent of wearing a dress. And I didn't right. have the courage right. <laughs> to wear the dress. You know, I wish, I, wish, uh, I wish that I had done that. But anyway... Um, Worn the dress. Uh, no, <laughs> yeah. no, but uh, but I I um, I um, playing little rock bands in school, and then uh, when uh, when I, I and I started, I was frustrated with trying to keep bands together. You couldn't ever keep the bands together, and so I started uh, imagining a scenario where I was this acoustic guitar player with these two speakers. I saw a picture in a magazine of a guy doing that, and uh, and I I started practicing and trying to go and get gigs doing that. And right when I got out of high school, as I was getting out of high school, I got hired in this. Uh, college uh recruitment show at the university of north alabama which was in my town and and that was a huge thing for me because it was a huge validation and uh to get hired in that show i would open me and this other guy a guy named bill russell would come out and play guitar and sing uh play guitars and sing before this show and it was like a kind of a broadway themed variety show which was really different for me And, and like i say man just growing up like i did it was a huge kind of oh my god you know weird courage thing to try to do something different like that but i did that and i did it for two years and and it was such a um a great um like once again to overuse the word validation for like kind of figuring out who i was uh you know that i was performing and and i was suddenly you know 
getting all this good feedback and it was just such a positive thing and kind of uh, like, wow, man, this is really what I dreamed about doing. And, uh, and I finally decided, um, you know, man, I'm not, I was going to, I was majoring in business. I thought, man, I just want to do music. I, I thought I'd probably never, you know, make much money or, but I was going to do this. And then I, and then I got hired, um, a theme park in Memphis, Tennessee called Liberty Land, where I was the uh, um, singer in the 50s show. Okay. And, and man, I got to tell you, that was like, I was 1985. And talk about just, just corny. Like, I mean, it, I was so excited. It was, I thought I was living in an Elvis movie. I would commute back and forth from my hometown of Florence, Alabama to Memphis. And uh, it was just a great experience. I mean, that summer, you know, it was just finally getting to, to, to play music, be around other people that were playing music. I, I was just having a ball, met a great group of people there. And, um, and then that fall, the guys that I was working with, uh, they did a, a USO tour of Europe. And man, I mean, just when I thought, you know, I mean, I, it was just such an exciting time to get to go do that. Got out of that and came home and and I look back on it, you know, man, and I'm I'm sure I was annoying, but I was truly on just cloud nine, just so happy and thankful, and and uh, and my dad and two or three other people, my an aunt and some other people mentioned Belmont College, and it was just people kept mentioning it to me, and I thought, man, I got to go check that out. I looked at Memphis State, and I was already going to the University of North Alabama, which was a great school, but I really wanted to get to either Memphis or Nashville, and I looked at, at Belmont in Nashville, and even though I had that great, um, excuse me, experience at Liberty Land in Memphis, excuse me, I um, I moved to Nashville and went to Belmont, and, and, and this was a difficult thing because I had been performing, and that was so much fun. I mean, it was just, I can't even put into words, but I, I, I can't believe I did this at 20, but but I went back to school and I didn't perform much for like a year and a half because I wanted to finish school. And I had always auditioned at Opryland because back then Opryland in the South was, it was kind of like American Idol. It was real hard to get on. You know, there was one show that I was interested in. It was a, something I'd seen as a kid. It was the 50 show uh -huh. and the rock and roll show. I had no, no interest in the musical theater thing. And, um, <clears throat> and, um, you know, that was my goal. I'm, I've often kind of joked that in hindsight, I wish I'd set a higher goal. But, <laughs> but, but, but man. It, you, you then know. you developed the chops already in man, Memphis I, with all yeah, those songs probably. Yeah, so you and, probably. Mm -hmm, was and, that, and what, I'm sorry. No, the audition process when you went in there, was that like uh, open call or was it like oh, you had to get somebody. Call. Okay. Man, and, and, and I tell you, but, but I had been going home ever since I saw that show that when I was a kid. I'd go home and, and imagine myself, and they had this big jukebox theater. It was like, a, it was a big uh, fake jukebox, and uh, the kids would come out and sing and play. And I was practicing. Of course, back in the 70s, as, as you remember, I'm sure, you know, we really uh, romanticized the 50s, and I love that era. So I'd go home and play all those 50 songs. And, and of course, yeah, the thing at Liberty Land was great. It really helped a lot. But man, Opryland was a, was a tough nut to crack. I had auditioned there, and it was a huge cattle call. And everybody I knew that, that, you know, it was real hard to get on there. And, and they, they had people from all over the country. In hindsight, it would have been brilliant if they'd have filmed all that. And they could have, right. that's a whole other sidebar. <laughs> but, but uh, it, you know, but <clears throat> it could have been great reality TV. But I auditioned there for five years, Rick. Never got hired, never got a call back, never got a word of encouragement. I mean, just completely, as soon as I'd open my mouth, they'd say, thank you. Do you think no. it was an age thing? Like you were Man, too young to pull it off? Or honestly, honestly, I think what I did, 
well was hard to show in an audition and it still is sometimes as far as my live performance music thing because I was I was good with the crowd and and I'm a my dad always gets on to me for don't ever put yourself down but I mean I I'm, I'm a good guitar player I know a lot of songs and I think I'm a good singer but <clears throat> the kids like like my stepsister she was a really gifted singer that some of these kids would walk out and open their mouth oh, 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 and man they would immediately go come you know right. come here to the table you know, you'd sit there in the crowd and watch that happen. I just wasn't that kind of singer. I mean, I was uh, I, I was singing on, you know, on pitch most of the time and playing guitar, but it just wasn't, you know, it was just a... It wasn't super slick, No, maybe. no, it wasn't something that you could really see in that audition. But 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 I think after I'd, I... The first year I was at Belmont, I auditioned there, got it rejected again, and... Uh, but I started playing around town, and the kids at Belmont knew, and, and a lot of those guys that were in Little Texas, I was doing gigs with them, and uh, and they were working at Opryland, and they put in a good word for me, and um, and I remember um, the, they needed somebody to sing the Fifty Show, and and the guy hired me, and he uh, he um, it was clear that they were hiring me, like man, you know, okay, uh, let's wait you know, and see, well, you know, yeah, that kind of thing, and and um, and and um, so anyway, I got in the show. And uh, I was thrilled, and man, it was it was really uh, difficult because the, all the songs were super high for me, and 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 it wasn't really a great thing for me. But I brought as hard as I could. Me and this little girl, Kim Keys, she was in the show, great singer. Oh, Kim Keys, you know Kim Keys. Yeah. She oh, took man. she took the class, and she's Shh. hilarious and sings with Reba and <laughs> different people. Serious? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, Kim's great. Oh my God. Um, that's so funny. I didn't know she took your comedy class. Yeah. But, uh, she's funny, man. Um, yeah. Um, anyway, man, we worked together for years. Um, but, um, anyway, Kim and I did the show the first summer and, uh, and, and, uh, what happened is, is that next year they hired Brenda Lee and Brenda Lee was, uh, come, came into the park to do a show. And the deal with Brenda Lee was they were going to hire her band to, uh, to be, um, they had to employ her road band, so they put her band in our show and fired all the band members. Uh, and Kim was supportive of me going to the people at Opryland and saying, "Can I be the show leader?" And this was a huge change, change and blessing in my life. They liked me. I had had a rapport with these people, and they said, "Yes, you can be the show leader." And um, and and back then, man, believe it or not, they let me write the show and and i wrote the show with the songs that were in good keys for me and songs and things that made me and kim look good i knew what kim could do well we had been performing together and um you know she did this hilarious uh, tina turner bit she was funny uh-huh. man and she was a great singer and we had um Dwayne probes who was uh who ended up being a little bass player well actually Dwayne was there the first year but anyway we had a oh i remember now it's a lot of the brenda lee band danny rhodes and bunch of people and man the show just was a huge success and we started um um you know the show just went great because it was like you know it showcased all the stuff you did, did well. exactly plus yeah. you wrote to the strengths of the other exactly and man and that's one of the things no no criticism but what happens lots of times in organizations like that they they you know i i'm always amazed when i work at production things like that facilities that and i think it's they should go to the performers and go, hey, Rick, tell me, is there something you do great? And you might say, man, you know, I do a hilarious Barney Five. But they don't do that. They'll just say, hey, Rick, we want you to do this John Wayne thing, right. not knowing <laughs> right. that you have been right. doing this other thing. for. But but anyway, the show was just a real success, and it was a huge, um, huge 
thing for 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 me and and everybody involved. And there was a guy in the band named Bob Fortner, and who I'm still really good friends with. And Bob, um, Bob and I, you know, we had started kind of hustling, getting gigs on the side, and we started getting hired to go over to the Opryland Hotel and do corporate events. And we began to realize they were requesting us, and 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 we weren't getting paid very much. Um, but so what we did is we created some promo. And we began to, you know, set a price that we we wanted, and 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 would not go and perform. And it was that was difficult because there was resistance when we did that at first. Sure. But eventually, man, um, we did that, and for a, and began to, you know, excuse me, make real money. I just drank a protein shake, but uh, um, and uh, and uh, and we started doing that, man. And we started getting these corporate gigs. Bob went on to do something else. He went on to do the General Jackson. He's still over there. And right. man, I uh, created other promo. And and I had this era where I was just man um, having this great blessing. I mean, I I can tell you, man, I can remember because I mean, you talk about poverty. I can remember the first time I did a corporate event and got paid. I think it was um, I don't know, man. I walked out of there making like twelve hundred bucks or something. And I literally, I, I don't know that tears ran down my face, but I can remember praying of thanks. You know, right. I just was so thankful and um um. And, that, and and that's you know just what I started doing. Um, so we started doing those corporate events, and and you know creating more and more promo. And 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 I had the access to the players and the singers that were at Opryland. I had Shelly Wright sang with us. Um, she went on to have a, great, a lot of success. And single white female. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah. And Kim Kim and Tabitha were in that video. Tabitha Fair sang with us. And and Kim and Tabitha, I think now are out on that Rascal Flats tour. I heard and um. Opening for the Stones, and uh, um, so I have to show you some pictures. I've got a bunch of pictures of all these people yeah. hanging in that other room in there. But, but man, we just did that forever. And and I tell you, Rick, what was funny, and I started to realize, um, you know, for me, I knew a lot of songs, knew a lot of cover songs, and you know, I was going out playing playing these little Vanderbilt, you know, college clubs at night. But my my thing, I began to, I knew this all along, but I, you know. I was working with these amazing players, Porter Howell from Little Texas, Kim Keys. These were just top-notch musicians. And 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 in the rehearsals of the show, uh, you couldn't really – you might come in there and go, well, man, why is that guy – why is he in charge, number one, and why is he here? Right. You know, because it was like – in the rehearsal, you'd be – but when we – because just musically, you know, I just wasn't where they were. They were – these were just some of – and continue to be some of the most gifted – musician but what i when we would do the show and i was i was good with the crowd and i was i was good you know um i don't know why i always was able to have a rapport a good rapport with a with a group of people and 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 my real my real knack that i had become to realize because i think and i think it was born like out of limitations you know like i mean you know i couldn't sing like um, some of these other people are playing like that, but man, I I could interact with the crowd, and and I had this knack, man, for picking people out of the crowd that I could nail about ninety nine percent of the time. That would be fun, and I could have an interaction with them that would be funny and not humiliating to them, but but would just it was a spontaneous moment. And I remember reading somewhere I was you know I was trying to figure out what am I doing what's working for me why are they hiring me what what am I you know doing right. and and. And that 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 spont those spontaneous moments we would create in the show that I would interact with the crowd, 
would be the funniest thing, way funnier than anything I could write. And, and, and it would attract people because people knew in the audience, they were like, man, there's no way this is written. That guy he's talking to is 6'6", 280 pounds. He's going to, he's going to smash that guy. Like, you know, and it would be funny. And, um, and 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 it began along with the formula of the amazing girl singer and the amazing band. We always, you know, had good songs. But those bits really dropped, drew people back, even people that seen the show before, because they always knew, you know, it was just it was it was a real thing that was happening in that moment, and and it was it was entertaining, and it kept it fresh for us. So I started doing that, and I started thinking, man, you know, and everybody was like, you know, my whole life, you know, not from a place of ego do I see this, but people had always told me, hey, man, you're you're crazy, man, you're funny, and and um, and everybody would say you should be a comedian, and and I would say, and I always took that as a compliment, you know, but I knew, I knew what that that I knew there was more to it, and but I. And I kept thinking, man, you know, as as I was figuring things out, because I wanted to get a record deal and and I was writing and all. But, man, this entertainment door, I was banging on that songwriter door pretty hard. And 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 but but this entertainment thing, this door was flung open and there were people standing going, we love you, man. Come on in here. Some money. And and man, I mean, my you know, this is another sidebar I won't go into. But and I my my family, my family of origin, my mom and dad and brother had moved to Nashville, and and their lives were unraveling, and it and I was uh, kind of carrying the ball, and for everybody, and it's real, real stressful. I mean, just unbelievable, you know, hardship financially and otherwise. And I was just um, trying to figure out, you know, what I was doing and who I was, and in and, and the process too of all this. And man, you got to stop me if I'm going off on tangents. <laughs> if I'm, am I? No. You know, okay. I've got a couple of questions though, but I, okay. You, well, well, ask away. All right. Well, <clears throat> first off, I think it's really yeah. <clears throat> interesting. It, it took you a while to figure out maybe that that crowd skill you have. Because whenever I've worked mm-hmm. with you or seen you in action, it is like an, a very, it's a tangible thing to see, a hard thing to, if somebody called you up on the phone and said, hey, we need you to do a one-hour comedy show, how do, like how would you explain that to an yeah. event planner who hasn't seen it? Maybe I guess now they see yeah. clips, but you're going to bring something to the table that is going to be funny it's going to be spontaneous. You know it's going to work 99.5% of the time yeah. in those different little pockets. But sometimes event planners like, we you right. know, we want to see the whole thing before right. we hire you or any of that kind of stuff. Yeah. What's the, I mean, how, how would you advise other people who are similar? I'm sure yeah. some people listening are, are great. They could go off script and into the crowd and interact. But how do yeah. you promote that? Man, that's a parallels good question. to the other stuff. And I have to tell you, man, I was as I knew you were coming over, and I, I've admired your comedy class teaching and all. And and I've I was like, man, I'm just going to be honest with Rick and tell him because because a lot of the stuff that I'm doing is is kind of like uh, not the way to probably do it. But but it's 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 weird, man, because <clears throat> I have to say. That um and uh, that I I I have written some things and I've written I, I think I've written some funny stuff and I think I'm a I think I'm a good comedy writer I think I'm a better essay writer and I've, that's a, another thing I've gotten into I've really enjoyed but man um to answer your question how do I describe that uh, at this point and 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 it's it's been terrifying Rick because I can't got to tell you. When I, um, you know, I'm just going to back up for just a second, but but when I started doing comedy, I, I had been doing the, the um, music thing, I had done 900 school shows, 
we got involved in doing school shows, and I was doing a lot of this audience interaction stuff, and I, I decided, and I'm answering your question, and just as I'm coming to it, I swear. But but I, I, I said, man, I'm going to uh, uh, go to Zany's and, 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 and just sign up for, I signed up for a comedy price, Mike Price's comedy class, and, I, and I'm going to try to be a comedian. And, and, and I knew, I didn't tell anybody, because I knew, man, I knew what I had been doing. I was getting big laughs, and I was being funny. But but it was not expected. People were expecting a musical thing, and and I knew it was a different game, mm-hmm. you know. And it was. And I got to tell you, man, it it was tough. It was really tough. And I knew it would be tough. And I told I read something that, that really helped me. It said, if you want to do something well, you got to be willing to do it poorly. And I wanted to be able to do comedy. I felt like I could do it, but I knew it was going to be hard. And when I went down there and and got on the stage at Zany's. Um, I didn't. I, I went and do it to an open mic one night, and my brother and one of his friends came and and I told this story. I told at parties, and it it didn't go well. It was too long, and you know, it was like one of those deals. You're, you know, you look out there, and your brother can't look at you. <laughs> you know, it's like your his friend, you know, and you can tell he told his friend you were good, and it's right. like ah man, crap man. <laughs> but uh, but anyway, um, man, I uh. I just kept at it, and um, and and I was trying to do what I thought comedians do and write different things, and I, I just hung in there, and and eventually found my voice, and 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 started doing it, and and um and I'm I mean I'm 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 coming to answer your question, but I think really what I tell people now, let me just let me just jump up and say that the base of my act is song parodies impersonations. And and in bits, but but I do a lot of the funniest part of my act is audience interaction and audience participation, and uh, and that's kind of how I sell it to people. And 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 over the years, uh, I have gotten way more confident with it because I will tell you what has been terrifying about it is is you know going to the show and and knowing I don't know what's going to happen, you know I don't know what's going to happen, but then it's kind of a blur. You know, sometimes I can't remember what happened, right. but it, but I know it went well. And then I'd come home, and and it was stressful to me. But but I I have come to think about it, and 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 I know that if I I know this, that I prepare like and, and right now mainly I'm doing private events, so I, I research the organization, and I uh, I I know what their deal is. I found at private event organization, corporate things, for example, it just seems silly to me when they're all there because what's 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 caused them to gather is as a common interest, say, for example, they're a telephone company or, you know, I don't know, for lack of a better, let's say, I need to update it. Let's say they're like a cell phone company, you know, and, and so, so, man, I mean, to me, to just come out and do material about, you know, drive through windows or airplane food. I mean, you can, but it's, it, the more I can specialize it about what their, right. their, their thing is that that's better. And then, and then one thing that's really been killing for me is writing, you know, custom songs about right. what they go through. That's been very popular. <clears throat> and, um, I know when we worked yeah. together, uh-huh. was it last May, maybe? Yeah. Or yeah. Maybe the year mm-hmm. before, I had done a coal association, coal mm-hmm. prep, and uh-huh. they wanted me to come back. I said, I'll come back, yeah. but let me bring somebody else in the fold. And and we cranked out a couple little we ideas. Did. And just watching watching that process, um, for me, like I can I can write jokes, uh-huh. and I just 
getting over the hump to where I think I could even sing. Like you've got a good voice. Well, thank you. You, you know, you you got a good voice. You can thank play you. some music. I got the iffy voice. So you for do. me, it's like it's like triple juggle. It's like juggling an axe, a, a concrete mm. block, and a feather, trying to sing and and new words that I've never mm. sang in front of a crowd before that night, uh-huh. and play guitar. And when I watch you do it, and and you might know that you made a mistake. I don't think uh-huh. the crowd ever knows. Well, and they're, they're just like, whoa, wait a second. This, I mean, we had three or four songs that night. Yeah, I think we, we did Working in a Coal Mine. And, yeah. Yeah. But you do that with each client. And sometimes, yeah. I mean, when busy season is here, that's yeah. several. Like, yeah. I guess a good question for me, just from my own yeah. knowledge, is how do you let go of a, of a lyric that you'll never use again? Yeah. And, and boom, now you got three more songs or five yeah. more songs two days later for another group. What's your practice routine, yeah, Mike? Man. Is it just nerve-wracking no matter it, it, what? It kind of is, man. I, I'll tell you what's funny. The other night I was doing a, a gig, and um, I started playing a song, <clears throat> and it's um, that old um, oh, Johnny Lee song, Looking for Love. I was I was playing a, a just a music thing down in Alabama, and I, I was going to play that song. Somebody wanted to hear you know, some old country and I couldn't remember the original lyrics because I've done this parody of it for so many uh-huh. years, and and I and it was funny to me because the parody is pretty off color. But uh, but um, man, I tell you what, Rick, I'm still, <laughs> and people that know me personally, it is a nerve wracking man because it's like, you know, when you try to customize every show, it, it it's a lot to remember. And and one thing I uh, I do um. That sounds like like a timpani, doesn't it? That's <laughs> yes. my old fifty style table, man. The table's like a drum set. It yeah. is, man. man. That's actually pretty cool. But uh, but I tell you, man, I uh, I I do not generally. I'm not a supporter of people bringing paper onto stage. But but for the custom song, I will do that, and the audiences are forgiving. And I'll tell you, man, and I don't mind sharing this. I mean, my goofy little niche that I've ended up. In is I mean I was a guy that that knows I I I and I'm not I'm just stating this as a fact if I were a better singer and player I wouldn't have had to memorize hundreds of songs but I know hundreds of cover tunes that I've played hundreds and thousands of times probably so so um so it's it's a uh, to to to, to for some reason, making up song parodies is easy for me. I, I remember when I was doing those lots of cover gigs, especially long nights where nobody was listening. I would change the words and make them funny, and you know, and the crowd would be entertained, you know, and uh, um, and that that was um, kind of what I started doing at, at Zanies. But um, but man, it's it's just a matter of truly, um, you know. For, for what I'm doing now, customizing each show, creating those songs, and the people seem to really appreciate it. And what's happened is that they uh, they generally want a recording of the song later. And and actually, I've got a backlog right now of a bunch of stuff I need to send out. But but what 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 I what I do and and you know I remember something I read from Robin Williams. He was saying he always had an outline. I mean, I say say there's ten things. I know what I'm going to open with. I've got two or three closers in mind, and and I have this outline. I have that custom song, but I but I've but I know that when I know I have that outline, I can improvise. Mm-hmm. And lots of times when I'll go on stage at these corporate events, and Rick, please stop me if I'm just if I'm meandering. No, this is good right here. But but when I go on stage at those corporate events. Um, you know, I don't have an opening act. And and one of my most painful in- memories and lessons of comedy I learned at Zanies one time was how important it was to have a guy go out and warm up the crowd. And because, then I won't, won't go on the whole story, but when, the, the, when I started doing Zanies, 
I never let anyone know I was doing it. And I was had been successful and was known as a successful entertainer in town and all these people, oh man, he's funny, blah, blah, blah. And he's he's a comedian now. And you know, but I remember one night, and this is horrible, I gotta tell this quickly. Uh I I finally had been doing well at Zany's and and on the open mic I was doing well and 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 uh so Josh down at Zany's and Lenny, you remember those old days? Long hair Josh. Yeah. He yeah. he asked me to uh MC one night and and so that was the night I had never MC'd. I invited everybody I knew. <laughs> you see what's coming. I invited everybody I knew, man. I mean Kim and 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 Tabitha and they're all their little pretty friends and and all the little kids, cute, you know, girls from Opryland and all that stuff. And I was like, man, you know, come to my comedy thing, man. <laughs> And so, so man, I went down there, and and you know, you used to have to go sign in. Okay, I went down there and signed in at like five, and then we all went over to um, that breakfast place over by Vanderbilt. We used to go to it was some kind. Of, it wasn't Pancake Pantry. It's the one over there across from that convenience store. But I can't think of the name of it. Anyway, I I uh, I was I, I ordered this big breakfast meal and two cups of coffee. Well, they brought the coffee. I drank that one coffee, and the two coffee, and the three coffee. <laughs> I think I drank three or four cups of coffee, and the food never came, man. Oh, the no. food never came, and I hadn't eaten all day, right? <laughs> and so, so we had to go back to do the show, and man, everybody I knew was there. My dad was there; he was dating this gal, and he brought her. I had, you know, man, it's everybody. I right. packed it out, man. And and man, I had always been going up fourth or fifth or sixth, right. and just doing my stuff. And man, when I went up to they entered, you know, they played that that that. That Blues Brothers song that, that still gives me like anxiety, <laughs> you know. Yeah. Dun, 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 you know, you're going, oh my god, man, here we go, you know. And uh, uh, and and I went up there, man, and no one had ever really told me how important it was to go. Hey, you know, how's everybody doing tonight? You know, uh, anybody celebrating anything, right. or are you guys just getting off? Because people are coming in, you know, they're talking. They just got off work. They jumped in. right into, dude. It. I went right into my jokes and and my you know and man i mean it was awful i mean dude it was so bad it just immediately you could just feel like uh oh this is not going well and the and the the, the crowd senses the pilot is panicking you right. know and so why man, is the pilot putting on a parachute dude <laughs> i started the then i started sweating yeah. i just i mean it just literally profusely sweating and and it was awful <laughs> And I just ate it, man, in front of everyone. And once again, you look out there, nobody can look at you. Yeah. You know, your brother and, left this time. He's like, I'm not oh, sticking yeah. around. They can't look <laughs> at you. Before. It's just awful. And but the ba- the worst thing about that was throughout the night, I had to go back up and introduce people right. all night. I couldn't just leave, you know. <laughs> right. But I never forgot that painful lesson. So, like when I go to these corporate events now, many times, most of the time, I have learned this. You know, if I'm rested. And if I fed myself well, and I'm not, I don't drink anymore. I'm, and I, I'm, I'm really went back and forth over years. I wouldn't drink for two years, then I drink, and I've done, you know. And I remember I went through a period where I really would found that if I had one or two glasses of wine, if I fed and rested, two drinks was okay. Anything more than two, you're not good. But now I don't do any. I don't drink anything. I try to be careful not drinking coffee, but um. But I, when I go up there, if I, you know, if I'm rested, fed, if I've stretched and I've got my act together, look over my act, I go up there. But when I when I go on stage, man, I 
I just start out working the crowd, you know, like uh, talking to them and interacting. And man, that is often just some of the best stuff. I mean, that can go for 20 minutes sometimes. If I'm doing a, a, a book through a 45-minute show, I try to do that. And I will get way funnier stuff. There's a spontaneity. I, I always research. I say, do you have any wild and crazy people? And I'll, I'll go in. I'll go to their cocktail hour, and I hang mm-hmm. out. I talk to people without them knowing who I am. I don't make a big secret about it, but right. they don't know. And then uh, – and I mean, lots of times, I mean, just something like going, you know, if it's, you know, if you see some guy that's got this great shock of white hair, I say, you've got CEO hair. And, right. and that just breaks everybody up. And then, you know, and just, just interacting with them, that will be many times just sometimes the best part of the show. And it's loosening them up. And I do that for as long as I can work in that room. And then, um, and then I go into, my act and then usually for me that i pick up the guitar which i know for comedy purists i mean i'm sorry oh you have to apologize you know nobody. yeah but but it's, it's your skill like, it's you your know, tools. and and and, and then i um I, I i do that but but i tell you what's funny and over the years just trying different things it's funny with the audience i can sense sometimes and they can when i switch gears from being real like talking mm-hmm. like you are you and i are right now to where you're reciting something right. you made up. And, um, but what happens is usually I do, if I do that interaction thing at the front, and for me, I've really thought a lot about it. It's important for me to be prepared. If you're not ready for, if they don't want the interaction. Well, I mean, you well, mean, you know what? I tell you what, I've run into that. Mm-hmm. And, and I, um, I have run into that. And I've, I've run in, I remember one, I mean, just from 30 years of doing this, I've just, Everything that's happened can happen has happened, and there's no. I tell you, man, I've, I've said this here lately. I uh, I got a big birthday coming up, and I'm I I feel better than I have in a long time, physically, mentally, emotionally, every every way. And man, there's I, I I'm really grateful for experience. There are just things that I'm able to do now that I couldn't do before, but, but because it's just, everything's happened, Mm -hmm. you know, and, and, and I but, but, but believe me, I'm never overconfident. I tell people an audience is like, you know, it's like those guys, uh, Siegfried and Roy with those lions and tigers. The day you walk out there and think, man, I got this down, you know, I've been doing this 30 and that's the day you get whacked. Yeah. But, but man, but you can sense that with the crowd if they're not totally ready or sometimes they just, they're, Sometimes it's not you. It's yeah. the guy they had last year yeah. or five years ago that oh, talked to the audience and somebody man, said something and they're trying to erase man. that memory. So sometimes you walk into that. Yeah, I tell you what, I have ran into that big time. And 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 as you and I know, a lot of people aren't booking comedians anymore because a lot of guys have ruined it for us. And and the, the and part of the thing too is you know it's hard to when you're having layoffs and tough times. It's hard to say, hey, we're gonna spend a lot of money on a comedian. That's why a motivational humorist or or a guy that's doing a you know some sort of motivational thing is better. But but I'll tell you this, man. Back to the thing where you're saying like maybe they don't want interaction. Mm-hmm. Sometimes the venue itself makes it hard to interact. Like if the venue's very large and the interaction can't be seen by most of the crowd you have to you have to consider that and then and then uh and then and then sometimes you know i do remember one time i had an agent ask me that that she um preferred that we not do that mm-hmm. and and man i got to tell you we did the show and it was i was this was a show where i did with the band and me doing my comedy interaction stuff 
And man, it was just, it didn't go well. I didn't feel good about it. And, and I was, I remember after the thing I talked to her, I said, uh, I was pretty, this is not like me, but I said to her, that did not go well. And I, I will never do that again. You know, and, and the funny thing about it, and I remember, I think she, I think she was upset. And I mean, I think she actually was emotional because she knew that she, uh, was wrong to do that. I, I assume, but I mean, right. the, but the crowd, that, that thing wasn't a disaster, but the crowd, what was so funny is they came up to me and said to me, we saw your video and we, that's what we liked about it. Mm-hmm. And, and I'm going to say this quickly, Rick, and I, I, I know I feel like I've kind of been all over the place. When I started doing that audience interaction stuff, I always, I really thought it was a hack thing to do. And I, I would tell the band sometimes I'm going to kill 10 minutes here. And, and I would be out there doing that. And, and I found out later like, like sometimes when we were playing well and I wouldn't do that, the agent would say, man, the client, that's why they hired you. I found out that for the client and for the attendee, that was the highlight of the show. It, it was because, and I think as our culture has, has, has uh, come to a place where everyone, everyone is on stage, everyone can record, everyone can mm-hmm. make their own video. But man, when you go to an event, and and um, especially a private event, and Bob from marketing is on stage singing, or you know, but it's 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 a careful. You got to be careful too. You can't have the whole show. It's something you use sparingly, but but it's it's a it's a highlight for them, and it's easy. It, the funny thing is, and this is something, Rick. I mean, I'm just you know full of man. I wish somebody had told me this, but man, I. I devalued that because it was something I could do easily. And, mm-hmm. and, and over my career, I've, whatever I was able to do easily, I always thought, well, that's not what's important. I always decided what I couldn't do was what was important. Like I was never a great harmony singer or a country lead guitar player. And so I would get carried away with that and forget these things that came easy you know, for me. And I devalued those things. But I have come to know... I remember this great songwriter said to me one time because I was telling him, I said, man, I wish I was writing more songs. He goes, man, whatever you can roll out of bed and do, even when you're sick, whatever, do, do that. But but people people love that. And and I, I will say, too, on that deal, you're talking about you know, audiences. I, I, I'm, I'm constantly reminded of the Minnie Pearl thing about loving the crowd. She said, just, uh-huh. you know, just go out there and love, love them to love you back. Yeah, man. But I'm, I'm telling you, once they sense when you come onto that stage and you, and if they, if they like you, and that's one thing I really believe likability, if they go, man, I like that guy, you can lay some eggs and they'll, they'll go just like if you, you know, if you're my buddy, if you said something today, and I was like, I don't know what Rick meant by that, but man, it's Rick. You know, he's great. You know, I mean, you know what I mean. It's yeah. like you get you some know, of that. You know, you buy some margin. With yeah, yeah, and and but but I mean, when they when they sense that you like them, you're not there to humiliate them or to embarrass them. You're just there to entertain them, and they sense, man, this guy's really trying hard to help us have fun. He's he's researched our company. He cares about who we are. Then they're pulling for you, man. Yeah. And and they they once once they're on your side like that. It's just fun. And, and, but I tell you, man, when you walk out there as a comedian, and I've seen it, it starts when you arrive at the venue, and especially in more rural areas. I mean, they're, they're sizing you up from the get-go. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, because with their worst-case scenario, and it's hurt us because of there's with musicians and comedians, they're just a lot of arrogant, uh, hard-to-deal-with people. 
And and I've seen people there that are so nervous when I get there. Sometimes they're like, well, I, I don't have, we didn't get a full length mirror. I know your agent sent a thing, said you need a mirror. And I'm like, don't worry about it. Right. It's okay. Well, what do you need to eat? Well, what are you guys having? Or, you know, what if you, yeah, I'm just, and man, you can just see them go, oh my God, he's, He's he's gonna be. He, and they'll say, Gary, we, we, I know we said seven thirty, but it looks like it's gonna be eight fifteen. As if I'm gonna go. Well, I'm, I'm out of here. Yeah, yeah, I tell them I'm I'm here for you. You yeah, know, it's and 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 it's really. Um, I think when people sense that, that's important. Yeah, like it's I don't huge. want people to skip over that. Letting the client know that this is my day. Your name yeah. is on my day. Yeah. Anything I can do for you today, we're gonna do it. You know, and man, when you show up. Yeah. And and I'll throw this in one thing that I started doing. I don't know, five or six years ago, is to make sure, you know, you're driving two or three hours in yeah. a gig or whatever, go somewhere else before you go to the venue. I'll usually go oh. grab a coffee or I'll, I'll go somewhere. Uh-huh. I'll stretch. I might get yes. a little snack. I'll get a little, fr- I'll brush my teeth because uh-huh. I've been drinking coffee. And then I'll go in and I'll go in fresh to the venue. If yeah. I hop right out of my car mm-hmm. and go in the venue, I'm, I've got a little bit of road rage still. Yeah. I've got whatever that's, was that's on my great. mind, and that's, so I do that when I come home too. I, I sometimes I pull in the driveway, you got a family man, and I will just yeah. turn off the car and sit there for a few minutes. And whatever yeah. little, you know, if I got a text while I was driving, yeah. I got to reply to. I'll do that before I go in, so that yeah. when I go in, I'm yeah. Papa, you know, or whatever. So it's, man, that's huge. I, I recommend it. So when you get to the venue, you can yeah. focus totally on them and not like, what do I need? Man, you know that you just I. I appreciate you saying it. Being early, you know, I, I, this is, some of this stuff might sound corny, but, but you really, you know, I, I tell you, man, I had this conversation with, with two younger people recently and they were musicians and they were bragging about how they stopped the gig right, uh, right when the time is, you uh-huh. know, and, and, and how if anyone requests something, they want money for it. And I just was, I just was like, man, that's just not where I'm coming from. I mean, like, you know, I mean, I, I mean, I'm going to, I mean, you can't continue to play all night. The venue's got to close or whatever, but, but just having that, I, uh, you know, I'm here to serve you mm-hmm. and, and it is a service. It's a service. It's a great honor. And the, you know, I've got one, like I've got this rental property. I don't like being a landlord. I don't like confrontation. I love being the guy that that's bringing the fun and the love man you know and 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 there's just no there's no greater job and i'll tell you something that that i use rick and this is something i i pulled off an old tony robbins um cd and i really believe this this is huge like but on the way to these shows you know like you say you got to be fed you got to manage that don't don't show up hungry and 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 stretching that's something i have and i even have this uh, sheet of uh and it's kind of funny it's um like where i'm going you know, I've typed it out and I'll read it out loud to myself and say, man, you've got a great act. Everything, you know, is going to be good. You've done this a million times. You were, you know, this is, this is what your purpose is. You know, they're going to love you and you're going to love them. But, but I'll tell you, on the way to shows, sometimes I read this somewhere. This is a, this is a truth I've seen in all sorts of self-help and even religious stuff. But it's like um, whatever you say, your subconscious believes, and 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 that's why I'm careful about what I say. Like you know, like I should never say I'm not a great blah blah blah, or you should never say I'm S I C K because I don't even think you believe that. Mm-hmm. But on the way to the gig, sometimes it's amazing. Tony Robbins said, "Hey, he goes, if you will." Well, just a posture and a vocal tone as if you feel great. You can fool your subconscious and believe that. So I'll I'll sit up straight in my vehicle or maybe walk around backstage. I'll say, and I know this sounds like Stuart Smalley, crazy fun, <laughs> but, I, but I'm like, man, I feel great. I feel great. 
I feel great, man. I feel great. I'm so ready to go, man. These people are going to love me. They're going to love me. I'm going to love them. The sound's going to be great. Man, everything it's it's going to be it's going to be a great show. And 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 man, when you when you start feeling that and and even if you haven't even had if you haven't slept in 24 hours, right. you can you can get yourself in a state that when you walk in there like that, with that kind of energy, even the guys you meet backstage who've been sitting back at this corporate event for 12 hours running a, a video or, or shutting an open curtain, and you go in there, man, you grab that guy's hand, you hug him, man, hey, what's going on, man? How's everything going? Are you guys having fun? It's one thing for you to hire an entertainer and you say, okay, you know, this is my, for some of these meeting planners, they may have one or two clients a year. I mean, they may have Harley Davidson. Maybe we we do their national convention. That, that might, uh, you know, be their one or two clients. And 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 you know, you these people are are afraid that the, the people that hire you they want to have a, a sense of control over what's going on. But when they to hand someone the microphone and say, "Okay, I'm going to allow you to walk amongst my client and my crowd and say whatever you want and improvise," that's a huge trust, man. It's huge. It's huge, and that's why it's been hard to duplicate what I what I do. Like other people say, "Hey, man, why don't you duplicate your band?" Because, and I've I've seen that too. Like when I did the General Jackson last year, it took a while for the people that hired me, even though I knew them. There, some of their staff did not know me, and they were used to highly scripted shows. But, man, the thing is, if everything's scripted, the audience senses that. The audience, to me, they love that Rat Pack thing where it seems. But, but man, it's it's a huge trust factor. And when, when you have to – because I've seen it. When you say to somebody – if you said to a young entertainer, you know, go out here and improvise this right now. Well, this is what's going to happen, depending on their mood someday – they may run out of something funny to say, and and in a panic, they may say something hugely inappropriate that might be funny. But here's a great point, man. You may say something that is like gut busting, funny. I mean, bending over people, but that is inappropriate. It's better at most ninety nine point nine percent of great paying events not to say that. Right. You I, know what I've I mean? I've actually found moments where. The opportunity was there for a huge laugh, oh, for yeah. sure, and everybody knew it. And yeah. all I had to say was, "I'm going to let that one go." Well, and and y- they know what I and that's funnier. Yeah. And then they then they because they've all been there. Yeah. But but I mean, you know, it's a huge uh, element of trust, and that's something I will say too. And as I'm trying to embrace, and sometimes I think I, I really, excuse me, I'm. I'm I'm really finding there's a lot of great things about about having a few years on mm-hmm. you, and 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 I have. You know, I never forget this quote I read. It said that that confidence is based on remembrance of past successes. That's a huge thing. Confidence is based on remembrance. So if you've hit a baseball over the fence a hundred times, then you can walk to that plate going, man, I'm confident that I can have a real good chance of I'm going to smack that ball. Now, if you've never done it, you have to fake it till you make it. Right. You know, but, uh, but, uh, but, uh, but, man, after having done this for so long, I have a, a much greater confidence level that, that if I'm rested and, and if prepare like I, I, we described, that if I'm in that moment and paying attention that that I'll know what to say, and it's almost like a spiritual thing, mm-hmm. you know. It's almost like I, I mean, and I'm full of analogies, but like if you plan to have a party, and and it is a party, and these corporate events are like this, and it's like you say, I've seen this with people. They're like, you know, okay, you're, we're going to put the food over here, where the people are going to park here. They're going to come in the front door, 
And, and you know, you, you can make this plan. You can say we're going to have the, the music's going to be over here, and then, and then we're going to turn the game on at this time. But once the party starts, you've got to be loose, man. Yeah. You've got to be, you've got to relax and be loose, and you greet them at the door, and you, you respond to what they say, because they may walk in the door and say, oh, my God, I just hit your neighbor's car. Or they may say, "Oh, we had to. We my little girl's sick, and do you have a Benadryl? You know, right. you can't be so rigid in what you want your party to, how you want your show or party to go to not respond. Like, say for example, if I plan my act out, then I'm going to come out and say this, but then the guy who introduces me trips and falls, and his jacket goes up over his head." Yeah, I, can't I, I leave mean, that laying there. No, nah, man. But, but I've t- I'll tell you this. I've found over and over, and most clients get this, um, like, if, I, if I'm if i there paying attention, like, like I'll even, I've done this too. Man, clients appreciate this. I mean, I research their website. I, 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 you know, I talk to them on the phone. I ask them questions, but I'm also sensitive. Some of them, some of them I can tell they don't want to answer a lot of questions. Mm-hmm. That's okay. And, and I'm just always, and I can, I'm always listening to some people want to email, some people want to talk on the phone, but I'll go to their meetings sometime and sit in the meetings uh, during the day and take notes. And then at night, I mean, and, and I don't ever, you know, aspire, I mean, to, to be an expert on what they're doing. But if I can start dropping some technical terms sure. and just going, you know, what the heck is an aperial apex, you know, blah, 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 you know, and then that'll crack them up, right. you know. And and I'll you know and this and that's is, something you can't fake. No, that's something you got to do. Like I want everybody yeah. listen to, to note that that yeah, they've hired Gary for an hour, but look at how much time he puts into these things. R- you know, writing songs that doesn't you don't do that in twenty minutes. You know, it's a few hours at least putting into mm-hmm. that right researching mm-hmm. the company. That's making a commitment to drive downtown, sit in on a couple hours. So yeah, when the people hire Gary, they're whether they know it or not on the front end, by the time the gig is done and you're walking off stage, they know that you put way more into that event than anybody they've ever hired. Well, I hope so. I think so. And then why would they hire anybody else next year? Which leads me to my next question is, I know sometimes that's the case where they don't want anybody else but Gary for sometimes four, five, six (laughs) years. Because I I know I finally did an event that you had done like six years in a row. And... uh, the trucking company. Yes. Yes. And, uh, I said, Gary, I don't know if I even want to walk into that situation as much as you'd probably feel like you've said everything you can say about that. I don't want to be the guy who comes in there and, and I'm not Gary either. Yeah. So what, if there is any, and there doesn't have to be, is there any system you have for, I guess with the songs you write for me, you kind of keep a folder or at least, you know, in your computer, you've written these three songs. Mm -hmm. You won't do those next year. Right. Um, and you did the, this particular closer, so maybe you yeah. skip a year on that. What do you do to bring something fresh to the client yeah. year after year and also give yourself a little leeway mm. to repeat some of the stuff? Oh, like, man. how do you make peace with that? Or Boy, yeah. is it just what it is? Man, you know what? I mean, it's so great. I mean, you and me and Rick, I have to say, mm. you know, people say there's, there's just. And Rick and I have had this discussion even in Nashville. And like, once again, not from a place of ego, I mean, because this is a humbling, humbling endeavor, and and it humbles you. You better 
Yes, if you get your you know head head up in whatever, you're you're going to get in trouble. But 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 there are a handful. Really, I don't even really know much after Rick when they say, "Well, Gary, can you not, who can you recommend?" There are just not many people there that they, they can go and do these events. And you go, can can he show up? Is he going to show up? Is he going to be funny and entertaining and appropriate? You know. There's just a short list of people, but man, that that one particular client you're talking about, that was a best and worst case scenario where, man, the first time I went up, it was a trucking company in Lexington. I'll just say the name of it, McLean Trucking, was such a great client. Those guys up there, John, and were just so great to me. And it was just a client the first year I went up there. I mean, we just clicked, man. They loved me. I grew up, you know, my dad was a blue collar, well, you know, we construction company. He had a residential construction company. So I just was, you know, relating to these guys. First year, man, wow, man, just one of the greatest shows. And then and then you go, man, that was awesome. You know, I brought my A game the second year. They're like, man, that was great. Come on back. And you're like, oh, awesome, you know. And you're like, I, I didn't do this and this and this, and but so I'm good. You know, this is my strong B stuff and a couple of A things that I didn't really do last year. And show went well. And then the third year, you're like, oh, man, no. <laughs> man because the agent's like hey man they want you back no i got a team man here's some epiphanies that i had regarding that because it began to really stress me because the gig was always in march and i would get it usually in january and man uh i would uh think man i gotta write all new stuff and um and I really would try, but I'm telling you, man, it's hard to write new stuff. And because to really, in a perfect world, you'd write it and you go would work it out, right? And go and do it. And 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 I mean, I know that's the way to do it. That's the way to. And I, but I have done well some many times. Just you know, trying things. You know, from having done it so long that, that you think it's going to work, it's very gratifying when it works. But but here's what I found on that gig. First off, was one thing is. Lots of times I can't remember what I did last year, and I will ask the client, and they'll remember, and I'll say, and they'll say, well, don't you remember you had Bob, and he's that guy with the long gray beard, and you called him Colonel Beauregard, and you talked about, you know, like they had this guy, I just remember this, he had this long gray beard, and I was like, Colonel Beauregard, the Yankees, at the edge of Lexington, you know, and man, that just cracks him up. Of course, that guy, for the next year, on the trucking lot is Colonel Beauregard, right, right. you know, and which is good and bad, you know, you gotta be careful. But, but, um, but I started, um, realizing lots of times that, that you can repeat stuff because when I didn't, they would say, oh man, I, I told my wife that. you did that Prince bit. Right. I've told, we, I told her you did the Prince bit. Why'd you not do the Prince bit? And it's kind of, you know, uh, then, then of course, every now and then you have that, you did the same thing you did last year, <sighs> you know, and it's like, but, but the thing is, I'll tell you just a couple of interesting things on that. The the, 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 the guy, my agent, told John, the, the booker, at some point, he, I think, they, we all became friends, you know, and 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 Phil Barber, the agent, was like, uh, man, you know, Gary's just a little, he's stressing a little bit about, and 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 John was like mystified. He and 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 this was a learning thing for me because John said. Man, I can't believe that he, uh, because the, in their perception of me was that I was this endless fountain of, uh -huh. because I, the things that were really working was the audience interaction and the spontaneity. 
And and I was having, honestly, I do believe one time up there, the fourth or fifth at the time, I think I had a minor anxiety attack because it, it was because I'd had a show in Nashville that morning, which never fails, and I had to drive like crazy, Red Bull in it and uh-huh. everything. And I just, uh, I was worrying about it too much. But 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 when I'd get there, um, it was fine because of the interaction. I was having, I had these shows. I'll tell you, though, man, and I feel like I'm just all over the place. I thought, you know, at different times, one time I took a piano while I began to do a, a bit, too. I did do some things that were different, you know. Like, I remember I'd, I'd never done this in a comedy show, but I took that crazy fat Elvis suit. You know, Rick knows this. I've got this character which is a little politically correct now i was phat or big elvis uh it's just a, like a 400 pound elvis suit and and I, I actually came up with this deal where i had two guys from the audience come up and help me put the suit on but and it was funny That's watching funny. me put it on and and i would as they're putting it on the, the elvis and they're zipping the suit up of course I'm manipulating around to make us look like we're having in these homoerotic <laughs> positions, you know, and it's just funny that somehow I'm like, as I'm getting the suit on, I right. <laughs> end up, you know, and, but, but, but I tell you, man, I mean, I, I was going to say that first off, I began to realize that man, what they were loving was the spontaneity, mm-hmm. but here's, here's the funny thing, man. And, and it's, this is a subtle thing that I realized that, that, the guy that was hiring me um, became this. This became a thing where people would say, "I'm going to get you to get him," mm-hmm. you know. And he'd say, "Hey, man, I got a list of people." And 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 I see. I never thought of me. They'll say, "I've never thought of I'm an entertainer who embarrasses people or who gets people." If I started thinking like that, that's really a negative right. kind of place for me. But I can see that a person who is a layman might perceive it in that way. And I don't think I'm aware sometimes of the teasing that might, you know, you know, that's why I say you have to be careful. Um, but, but what happened there and, and I, I, if John ever listens to this, certainly not a criticism, but it's an interesting thing for an entertainer is because, uh, John, this list started to grow and, and that kind of started to become the show. And it was John. He's like, I told, you know, and they were, you know, it's all in good fun with his friends. He's like, I'm going to get you at the thing, you know? And, and, and you got to be careful because, man, if you overuse that audience interaction thing and that it, it loses its appeal. I mean, you right. know, what? if you're in the crowd the whole time, you know, you're just another guy in the crowd eventually. But 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 I, I remember um, it somehow and I think I somehow I should have stopped that. Uh, but because it, it got to where I think. You know, we were doing too much of that, and 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 but but I tell you, man, it was a great run of of gigs, and 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 it really was a, a learning thing to me about you know, of course, you want to keep things fresh, write the custom songs, but um, but man, I tell you, those from for me, if you have the ability to improvise with a crowd in a in a way that is not demeaning. And I think I'm, I'm going to answer that question that you asked me an hour ago. That um, that if you create the the optimum situation for that, those moments will happen. Right. You know, you're just wanting to create, and that's the thing I've said to people. Like I'm doing a thing down at Disney in a, in a few weeks. Is you know how do we create these moments? 
where that can happen spontaneously. You know what I mean? Right. Which is a little yeah. different than what he, he had come to expect. He was kind of scripting yeah. the improv as opposed to allowing yeah. it to happen. Yeah. And, which, so so yeah. That's, that comes, that's tricky because you've got to come back and, you know, you want to please the client and you're mm-hmm. there for them. But at some point you have to step up and say, yeah, set a I hear what you're saying. Right. But from experience, right. we've kind of met the tipping point right. on this. And, yeah. And sometimes you got to reel them back in. One t- is, yeah. I read this. I don't know. I, I, one thing I've always remembered is the old thing. The police say, I'm here to serve and protect. I'm here to serve you. But as a, person who's been doing this professionally and I don't I always feel like it sounds snooty or whatever but 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 it's a fact you know it's something that we do all the time it's my job to tell the client man I hear what you're saying and I say it this way I try to be very diplomatic at the end of the day <clears throat> within reason I'm gonna if you tell me to do something I'm I'm gonna do it but I have to tell you I think that that's not gonna work right and it's not and because you want to let them know that because I mean from here's here's a, a, a simple example if someone has a beautiful ballroom and they put the band in one corner and the dance floor in an opposite corner and all the tables between it mm-hmm. and they may think oh my god look at it because it's so beautiful we've lit it over there those lights are over there and there's that window and you have to say, well, I got to tell you, it's just not going to work, even though I know it looks beautiful. And, you know, and, 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 and most clients I've found, especially as days and time have gone by, I don't know why they're, they're receptive to, you know, to those, um, to those things, because there are a lot of things on the front end. I mean, I walk into a room. You can um, almost tell right away if it's if it's yeah, got a chance. Yeah, or and, not. and I and I, I will say, and I, I mean, and and you have to be careful. Cause I ran into this last summer. And this this really something I had to let go of. But this guy hired me. He'd never hired a comedic MC, and um, and um, and he, uh, you know, didn't understand that there were certain things that, like you know, just just another great analogy I heard one time. It's like a conversation. There's a certain there's a certain level distance from someone that's appropriate and too far and too close. You know, you've had a, everyone's had a close talker or and everyone you wouldn't want to be, you know, 30 feet away from somebody trying to talk at a party or get together. And and I like to have the crowd where I can see everyone peripherally. I don't like people behind me. Mm-hmm. And say a lot of rooms these days are rectangular and 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 they'll want to put the stage down at the long end of the rectangle. Well, if it's a comedy show, it's better for me to be in the middle uh, on take one of the long sides right. of the rectangle and maybe in the middle and and um and it's you know it's just like two you know one of the things i always notice at the comedy club that i learned you know they control the seating they bring the people in and they start seating them close to the stage and then but when we were at opryland and playing the geo theater which we were thrilled to get to be the first band to play that new geo theater they had out there and um man this was a huge 3500 seat venue with these long bleachers, but I saw it every day, man. We would, you know, the crowds during the day at the theme park would be maybe, you know, bigger. The bigger crowds would be eight or nine hundred people. But human nature, they would walk in and, you know, the guy and his wife would sit on the end of their own bleacher. Right. And you had two people in every bleacher, which makes it hard. But there's just a lot of things, and if if you have a, and you probably tell from talking. To hear me talk, you become passionate about these things and 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 wanting them to work. And I always say, 
forgive another analogy, but it's like hitting golf because it's like golf because it's like, and even though I'm not a golfer, but you know, you, you, there's so many things involved. You, you know, when you, I mean, after 30 years, I can usually get the ball in the green now, but every now and then, man, as soon as you start thinking you lighten up, you quit, you know, don't, you know, don't play your guitar, don't sing whenever you'll, you'll shank one, you'll right. shank one after doing it for 30 years. But it's like, all of these, all of these things have to come together, and 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 when you have a show that goes great, just like a golfer, you sit there and you think, man, oh my God! And I had this, you know, I mean, I can think of a few recently. I've had a, you know, and I've really been gratified that things have, you know, gotten better. I know in Savannah last year, I did a show that was just like, I just was like, oh my God, man, you know, I just there was magic. I mean, I, and you just feel like, I I don't even. I couldn't do anything wrong. I told my friend, I said, if I was hitting, if I was playing baseball, I was hitting Harry one over the fence. Then I was hitting left-handed over the fence. Right. Then I was hitting with one hand over. The, I mean, I just, and, and then, and then a quick sidebar on that. There's something I never forget. Somebody said, man, if you're doing well, slow down. If you're not doing well, slow down. Because when, sometimes when you're killing like that, you go, man, but you know, slow down, right. you know, and, but man, um, you work hard to get into that moment. Why do you need to rush out of it? Yeah. And, yep. and, 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 and don't, don't, don't get over, you know, don't once again, you know, just, you know, take it easy. Oh my God. I, I just, uh, what I was going to say though was, was, oh, I want to know here's the point I was going to make is after that show, you know, you, you think, okay, what did I eat that day? And, and, and what did I, when did I eat and what did I wear and, and what did I do that? Why did that? I mean, you know, cause just like a golfer or anyone that does anything, you know, like that, you, you, you think about, you know, what is it that I did, you know, to get you into that, to spot. get into that state and to have that, that success. But because I'll tell you, man, I really have to say, and I was thinking about this, all of this stuff, man, you know, me trying to do comedy and music and, you know, I've been writing these short stories, which has been gratifying and, and this acting thing. Uh, it's all the same stuff, man. It's, it's all the same stuff. Um, and it's really, the thing that's the payoff, and I mean, I like to get paid. We all do. I and I don't. I'm not super materialistic. I just, you know, I want to have enough, and I want to be able to, you know, just be able to be ready for a rainy day, you know. But the real payoff for this is that connection, where there's just. I mean, everybody knows what I'm talking about. Where you go, you get me, I get you, and 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 there's nothing. Even when you're talking to somebody. And you have a connection and you go, man, they really, they really, I said something that I could just tell clicked with them. And they're like, oh my God, me too. You're saying exactly what I think. And I feel the same way. And man, when you said that, it's like you're me. And and there's, when you have that sort of connection with uh, a, a large group of people, there is no greater high, I don't think, maybe, uh, from, you know, and, and then when, when they validate you immediately with laughter, which is an uncontrolled response, there's just no comparison. Yeah. And, I mean, it's a special. Yeah. I mean, what, what we yeah. do, what you do is sometimes hard to describe, but, you know, having that connection is what ultimately they're buying when they hire mm -hmm. us. And uh, just to wrap up, I, I want to go back because I think I, yeah. I found a great way for you to uh, pitch yourself in a yeah. way and some of the things oh. you said. 
what and if you you may do this already but if they're hiring you i think gary jenkins you bring the audience and i'll bring the fun and the love uh-huh. Uh-huh. and the I would really hit on that responsiveness part. Like I, I'll respond to the situation in a way it's going to make this work. Yeah. Those are your three things that are kind of not tangible for some people, mm-hmm. but that that's why they hire you because there's everybody can hire a band to go play. Yeah. Not everybody can hire a band that's going to interact, yeah. respond, have the pulse of the audience, uh-huh. you know, build the show, all those things that you do. Uh, but I like that you said earlier, I, you know, I'll bring the fun and the love. Well, that, that might should be your yeah. little tagline on your business card. I'll bring the yeah. fun and the love. Well, you know, I, I, I <laughs> that is a great idea. I, I, I tell you what I have seen is that people, you know, if it's such a, it's such a weird thing. It's like, you know, they may have to say, Hey, you know, we're, we're telling everybody about the new technology and we're also telling them that we're cutting the, the pay thing. And, and we, there's a lot going on. Man, everybody's sitting in these meetings. We want to hire you to make them laugh and have fun, and and that is just such a an awesome you know charge of privilege. Or, or privilege, yeah. and 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 it's it's just such a a cool thing. And the thing is, an entertainer, I think you got to realize is they want you to win. They really want it to go well. They they want to have fun and. Um, and, uh, and, man, I just, I have to tell you, there's just nothing greater um, than getting to do that. And and all the other stuff, the administrative stuff, which is overwhelming, as you know, the isolation of, especially on this corporate market, of being in the office, you know, um, I mean, I um, don't have a family, so... You know, it's very, very isolating to uh, prepare for these gigs. All of that other stuff, man, you know... And there's a lot of administrative stuff. It's it, the video editing and all of that. It's all worth it when you when you get to go to do those shows and have and have those fun the fun with people and just to, uh, I mean it's 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 just really really a great thing a blessing and I and I'm really I'm hoping that I can do this um, a long time and it's cool too that that I think when you're in the role that we're in, it's more forgiving, uh, age wise. And, um, you know what I mean? Oh well, like, yeah. We've, like yeah. you said, with the 30 years of experience you yeah. have, and I'm somewhere along 26 or something uh-huh. like that years of experience. It is, you know, sometimes you can forget more than you remember and still yeah. do it right because you remember just the right stuff for the night mm-hmm. or whatever. Well, I think I'm going to leave it at that because there's like a million golden nuggets in there. Oh, man. I'm going to break I, them down in the show notes a little bit for you guys. <laughs> man, that's a lot of good stuff, Gary. Dude, I, I could go on for hours and hours, and we'll probably have to come yeah. back at some point. Well, I apologize and, uh, for my ADD meeting. <laughs> right. I need bring me some meds, man. No, that was excellent. <laughs> I really, good. if I didn't have a haircut to go get, because, you know, I need one because I've got so much hey, hair left, I would uh, stick around. I for just want to say, though, seriously, I mean, and I was telling Rick before we started this, no one in this town is more admired and from the agents and in our industry than Rick and, and what you're doing. I mean, I really, I, I really feel like um, I'm shucking and jiving over here and, you know, juggling. And I really feel like you know what you're doing and that you are an example. And man, in just every way and on just a brilliant, funny great performer but just a smart guy man i mean i i just uh i mean if i were doing a tenth of what you're doing i i think i'd be so much further down the oh, road. you're probably doing 10 times as much we'll leave it at that i appreciate it all right brother i love you man thank you buddy see you Let's man go feed all this right, dog man. okay man <laughs> he was good wasn't he he was great man yeah thanks for listening to the school of laughs podcast 
If you'd like to hear more School of Last podcasts, you can find them on iTunes and Stitcher.com. And don't forget to subscribe and leave a review. For information on upcoming live and online classes, visit SchoolofLaughs.com. Until next time, stay tuned, stay focused, and stay funny.